0: Hey there, my name is David Kozlowski and you're listening to the Peru Travel Podcast, a show where we talk all about Peru travel. Between my co-host, Kevin Girl and myself, we have over six years of working experience in the Peru travel industry. We've developed a business called Kachi Life that helps push the limits of sustainable tourism and provides help and support to those surrounding communities that otherwise don't benefit from the travel industry. We are Kachi Life and this is the Peru Travel Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Peru Travel Podcast. I'm your host, David Kozlowski. Alongside of me is Kevin Groh. And today, we're bringing out another episode where we're interviewing Practical Wonderlist. That is a uh, podcast coming out not too long from now. And Leah and Jeremy run a blog called Practical Wonderlist. Guys, thanks so much for hopping on the show with us. Yeah,
1: we're super pumped to have you. Yeah,
2: thanks for having us.
0: We're super excited to be here. Perfect. So, right out the gate... We've got to squash some bones. We got a bone to pick, rather, with somebody. So we got a podcast review, and Leah, Jeremy. I hope you guys don't get reviews like we just got from this guy because my heart is broken. Okay, we got a review from a, a, a gentleman who basically had nothing good to say. Kev, can you read it for me? It's pretty good. Um,
1: so it's from Ev. Uh, Eddie, I guess. Yeah, looks um, like Eddie. Okay. Yeah. Three uh,
0: stars. Three stars. He got right. Two stars. Two stars. Two stars. God, damn. What a jerk.
1: More than one. All right. So he goes. Uh, they speak millennial here. Uh, two young guys that sound like they just woke up after a college frat party. You'll hear dude and bro mention a fair amount. The podcast offers little value. Another example of anyone with a microphone. So I, here's here's the takeaway. Is what do you got?
0: I'm a millennial. <laughs> He's right. He is. Uh,
1: all right, am I? Do I? I say, dude, probably a lot. Do I say, bro? I don't think I've ever used or you the word bro.
0: Jeremy, do like, you use bro? I, I think. I, hey, Maybe actually, I do. Message. I do use bro with hey, uh, Jeremy. You vape bro? Like, do you? Do you even? Do you even vape bro? <laughs> you like do it
2: ironically. I
3: say bruh. I <laughs>
0: <know>. bro. <laughs> bro. Bro. <laughs>
3: I say dude all the time. Yeah, I say dude pretty nonstop. I mean I grew up I grew up on the on the California coast. We always have a little bit of like dude bro like in the back yeah. corner.
2: And I sound like I grew up in California, but I grew up in Kentucky, so there's no real explanation
0: for that. <laughs> so you grew up in Kentucky. Interesting. We're actually out of Tennessee and uh Kentucky. Go ahead.
2: You're our our north neighbors.
1: No, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're uh we but love there. it. I lived, in, uh, right? I lived in uh I lived in California for five years. So uh I that's where I picked up the dude, the dude slang. <laughs>
3: what part of
1: California? Uh Santa Barbara. Oh nice. No, it's
3: just, like right
1: up of where I'm from. i like, the There we go. Wow, San Luis yeah. Obispo slow, yeah, slow, right? Slow, <laughs> slow, slow, <laughs> excuse me.
3: <laughs> yeah. There
0: you go. Cool. So uh thank you so much for the review. Uh not really happy about the uh <laughs> the two stars um i did read a couple other reviews if it's worth anything that he wrote about some other people and they weren't that positive either hey it's better than one star like i said hey look all i gotta add to this is that he says podcast offers little value another example of anyone with a microphone well you know what you're another example
1: of somebody who has a cell phone that can leave a review also that's how i feel little value is more than no value (laughs) what's that guys
2: can't wait for that guy to come listen to the practical wanderlust podcast.
0: I'd love to hear his thoughts. Uh, Perfect. All right. So before we get started, just want to let everybody know that's listening in. We do have a Facebook group called
1: Uh, Peru Tips for Travelers.
0: That's right. And it's a safe place for you to ask any given question about Peru travel. There's a great group on there. Great community answering your questions. No question is stupid. So if you're concerned about anything related to Peru, don't be afraid. We got you. And it is a place too, where you don't have to go hustle about sales. No one's advertising their products on there. It's completely safe. So go check it out. And on top of that, we've got another plug for something that is sales related. It is the business that runs this podcast, Kachi Life, which is a Peru travel company. And we focus on sustainable tourism and our prices have now dropped, but there's a caveat. Kev, numbers guy, go ahead, shoot me straight. What do we got? What's the
1: difference? Uh, what are you looking for?
0: What are we, what's the, how did our prices drop and why?
1: So we we dropped to, uh, we dropped to more of an a la carte system. Um, so basically you got your base, let's say you're doing an Inca trail. Um, previously we had a big bundled package and you know, let's say you're a big macho man. You don't need the, uh, the half porter. Yeah, smart. You can, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can, you can just have the base package and then just do the trail and. You know, it's a lot cheaper for you that way.
0: Yeah, sure. So, I think basically it, the way that I took the the scope of what we did was that if you're going in in Chipotle, you don't pay for the black beans unless they go onto your burrito. You don't pay for the rice unless it's on your burrito. It is literally all a cart to a degree. I'm so
2: hungry
0: now. What's that? I'm
2: so hungry now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, that's what we, we try to just keep people. We talk about ceviche coming up, I think. Oh, pumped to hear about that. All right, so uh, interesting updates this week. Well, we really don't have any, do we? I don't, besides, I don't, we don't just, have anything. We talked about mm-hmm. the other car system. That's about yeah. it. Um, last week, I talked about getting Rocky Mountain spotted fever. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Kev okay, just went to Minneapolis and had a road trip down the PCH in California. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> let's go forward. All right. <laughs> so, Practical Wanderlust, tell us all about you. Break it down, what do we got? Who are you, what's your story?
2: Well, <laughs> we are disaster-prone travel bloggers. Um, so, about three years ago, we got married, and put our jobs, and put all of, our, all of our stuff in storage, and took off on a year-long honeymoon. And it was kind of a disaster.
3: Yeah, pretty much every corner, like every time, every at every turn there was a disaster. Like, anytime something could go wrong, it did. Um, but it brought us closer together and made us realize that we were great travel partners.
2: We had a lot of fun and we got a lot of ridiculous and, and I think entertaining stories out of it. Um, we'll see what, what's the space. Was it Eddie, the podcast reviewer? We'll see what he thinks about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so now we live in Oakland, California. Um, I am a full-time blogger, which, um, I think is the best thing to come out of our disastrous honeymoon. Uh, and
3: Jeremy's a teacher here in Oakland. Yeah, I teach high school, and my as a
0: full-time job.
2: Yeah.
0: So, so you teach in California, is that right? Yeah. What grade do you teach?
3: Uh, um, I teach 12th grade. I teach digital media.
0: Wow, that's like, I man, dude, 12th grade. So like, do people care when they show up to class? <laughs> um, I feel experiment. like senior year, I didn't give a damn day about day anything. Day yeah, no, I. <laughs> are you kidding me I rolled up like oh geology sweet let's talk about rocks bye <laughs> um that's that's funny
2: class, he teaches like podcasting and like his has got to make a music video one year and like he gets to be like some pretty awesome stuff I would like to take his class
0: that's cool that's great um I actually we just had a teacher on two episodes ago and it was teaching and so forth. Who's like an Instagram teacher. She like creates music and songs off of or whatever. She teaches her fourth grade class that way. And uh, oh. yeah, she's uh, she's like fourth grade has got to be a lot different than 12th grade. That's all I got to say. Like from the examples that I got, like it's just, yeah, I commend teachers. So thank you so much. And I know everybody's kind of says that, but like, mm, yeah, when you hang out with one every day and you start to hear the stories, it's kind of like, I'm sure, I'm sure, Leah, you've, that you've got the same sort of empathy, maybe, potentially, I don't really know, but I, the things that I hear, I'm like, wow, I would never want to be a teacher, so good on you.
2: Yeah, I'm more like a supportive teacher wife, at this
3: point. <laughs> fun. there's never a full day I, say that. That's true.
2: I get true. Come into stuff, like, I just come in with, like, cookies or something, and I get them all thinking I'm really fun and cool, so. <laughs> I work
0: that's awesome. Uh, we gotta talk after at some point too, because if you're a full time blogger, like what you do, being at home every day, like vlogging, cause, <laughs> cause I I only ask because like I, I like so right now I'm actually working from home quite a bit, and um I'm going crazy. Like I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know like I I'm working sure, but lord do I get bored. I don't have people to talk to. It stresses me out. Um, if you can imagine. Uh, so yeah, we'll have to touch on that, but. Let's get to Peru, because everyone listening wants to know about Peru and things that do in Peru, and I'm actually going to skip down to our second item, because I'm the most interested in this, because I love ceviche. So, yeah. let's talk about this Lima cooking class that you guys took. What's the deal? Uh, go
3: ahead. <laughs> so, it was a cooking class where they taught us how to make Cisco sours and, uh, and ceviche, it was well, uh, Lima Gourmet, mm-hmm. yeah, of the school, uh, and it was really cool. There was only about, I think there was only four of us.
2: Yeah, it was like us and another couple, um, and just handling some raw fish. <laughs> they served us a few first. So my memory is a little hazy. I did take very good notes, and we do a blog post about it. Um, but I do remember that, like, the pizza sour was way easier to make than I expected. There was a lot of shaking. It was pretty, it, like, came together pretty easily. I think it was
3: easier because I didn't shake.
2: Oh, so that's why. <laughs> it was really enjoyable. To yeah. And then they kind of have like, prepared a lot of the things for the ceviche in advance. But they made the tires milk. Um, and so it was mostly, like, you put things together in the right order. And you mix them up and you add some corn nuts or whatever those are called and eat it and it was delicious. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest, it was like seventy percent me eating and drinking and like 30% <laughs> Where
1: where did you guys do the uh the class at?
2: It was in Lima. Um I don't remember exactly where but it's yeah you know, Lima Gourmet. I don't know um if they're still offering that exact class because this was like four years ago. But okay. we we uh, to them they were actually our first blog collaboration. That was like two months oh, wow. after we started our blog. We were super excited about
0: it. The fact, though, that you, so you did a lot more eating and drinking. And did, Jeremy, did you feel forced to have to cook because you were like, we have to cook because we're on this cooking class?
3: No, I love cooking. My whole family, that's like, that's that's our love language. And so I was, like, very excited to to cook because, um, you know, we were big fans of Ceviche Berry when we first had it in um, Chaco. And so I was really interested in learning how to make it. So I was very excited yeah, it. You, I don't Have think you made it since?
0: <laughs>
2: I'm
3: sorry about that.
0: Have you made it since?
3: God, no.
2: No, because <laughs> they had like gotten all the ingredients and like done the legwork and like I don't even know if we could find fish that fast. <laughs> I
3: feel like it would be to the hospital if I tried to make the video.
0: Oh man, there's a I was listening to the Meat Eater podcast not too long ago because they had a, a doctor in talking about fish. And it was a really interesting podcast because it turns out the little fact: <clears throat> freshwater fish is actually better to eat raw than sea or than saltwater fish. Hmm. It's like got less parasites. It's got no like legit like when I when I first heard it because there's just like this theory I guess that you shouldn't eat raw fresh fish. It's completely false. That that too that like yeah, there's worms in your. This is gonna gross everybody out. But there's worms in your fish. But there's worms in every fish. It's no matter what you will see fit or worms in your fish. Like this, it, it was a really interesting podcast. If you if you really care to learn, that's kind of grossing me out, bro.
1: <laughs> bro, 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 bra.
0: Do you even vape, bro? <laughs> um, that's cool. Yeah, I think like I would like to actually do something like that. I do like to cook. I I'm not that great at it. I'm continually learning, but I love ceviche, and I think I'd actually probably be like Leah in the sense that I would be. Probably drinking a lot more, and then by that point, I'd be like, it's hey, ready to party. Like, where's more ceviche? And it just be a mess. Were you like stumbling leaving out the building, or what happened?
2: I was trying not to because I was trying to be like super professional, um, but yeah, like deep inside, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, would you guys recommend a Peru cooking class?
2: Yes, yeah. definitely. Peru is such amazing food. And particularly in Lima, like most of the best meals of my life have been in Lima.
0: So check it out. What if there was a cooking class that was to cook kui? Would you do it? Do you know what kui is? Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> uh, for, for everyone listening, kui is a guinea pig. So it's a
1: delicacy in Peru. I, I, I mean, would you do it, Kev? Um, I don't know if I could cook it. I mean I ate it and it I, it was good. I liked it, but I don't know I don't know if I could cook it well, we,
2: we didn't even eat it the Thing about it is that It's that it's like one thing if it's
3: like oh you're eating this type of animal, but it's masked and you can't really tell it's that animal But it's, it's just it's exactly what it looks It's
2: like, like. like an adorable <laughs>
3: little <laughs> And it's deep into your soul You're still in and
0: yeah, yeah. My, my buddy actually when we were uh, we all went to Iceland not too long ago and uh, he got a sheep's head delivered to his table. Chris did. Yeah, remember that? Uh-huh. A legit sheep had eyeball in it, everything, oh, and he man. ate it. He ate yeah, it no. right there.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it's incredible. My
3: sister, told, my sister told us before we went to Peru that if we if we ate it, she would like not talk
1: to us for the rest of our lives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh
0: man. Yeah. Well, there's there's supposedly like, two different ways of preparing it. Uh, one of the restaurants that our guy, our main guy David, our, our like owner in Peru he um his wife is a chef at and she cooks it the traditional way in her cashewwa village i believe I, i'm pretty sure she's cashewwa mm-hmm. i can't i can't mm-hmm. quite okay so uh they cook it differently than like the standard you see it as the animal now granted it still definitely looks like a guinea pig it's just a little bit different cuz they flatten it out with a hot stone um can't, i don't know that you could uh i don't know that you can order it this way in a restaurant however if anyone listening wants to try the special kui please email us and David will set you up at the restaurant and he'll get you the flat cooey. And I hope Kevin gets a hundred emails asking, being asked <laughs> to try the flat cooey. <laughs> <The flat couie. laughs> uh, cool. Well, that's good. Recommend the cooking class. Definitely need to make sure that we do that. I'm, I need to figure out how we can get this done actually. Cause I, I would, I wouldn't mind doing that. Drinking yeah, I mean, booze uh,
1: and eating fish. Pretty, awesome. I can't remember how many years in a row now, but it's, it's been voted as the top, like food, cuisine, country in the world. What's the latest and greatest on the restaurants? Like, uh, like rankings, Kev.
0: Uh, I don't know. What Come on, head. you know this all the um, time. What's the okay? So central
1: dropped. Yeah, central dropped to. I think it. I think there's six. What are the What are the new hitters that are coming in though? Um. So there's I and I flip them back and forth on which one is where they're ranked, but there's and I don't know how to say it. It's it's Mido mean, ideal. Okay. and then there's uh, a Estradi. Uh Gaston. Okay. Um Do you guys did any of those?
0: We yeah, did all, all three of, them. of those, yeah. Yep. Seriously? Which one's your favorite?
2: Yeah. I'm telling you. favorite. all was the best I've Central, ever had in my yeah. life. It was number four when we oh, no, were old. Number five. two. Oh, it was number two. Wait, Wait, it two. It might have been one. No, it was two. Uh, no, yeah, that I, was the last had come out and we were really excited. And it was definitely up to the height. It was amazing.
0: This it's funny you say that. Uh Kevin really liked Central too. It was great. Yeah, Yeah, I loved it. Central. Uh, Central. uh, You know, not a fan. Mm, No, not a fan. Went twice. Uh, The drinks were great. The food, I was like, I'm not. Maybe I'm not a good foodie, but some of the things were good. But it was way above my pay grade in terms of what my palate can like comprehend. I guess. Like it was just like it was really fancy food. And
1: my girlfriend would be asking for the mac and cheese. Yeah, that's what she would want. Chicken, chicken fingers. She's
0: a Kentucky girl like you. Oh, well, bless her heart. <laughs> bless her heart. <laughs> um, that's funny. So you liked Central. What about the one that I'm trying to get reservations for for the next time we go in June? What was the, Mido uh-huh. mm-hmm. Me- Oh, have you? What was that? Was that good?
2: Honestly, <laughs> mm, we didn't really like Mido no. no, we Ooh. really liked it, but Mido It was kind of like what you were saying. I just don't think our palates are developed enough for like that level of fusion.
0: Okay, you
3: want to know what it was? We went when we were there. We didn't see anybody getting a tasting menu. We saw them all doing all the tart sushi, and then after, because we were like, we're only gonna do this once. We should do the tasting menu because that's generally the rule. But um, we were not used to most of the stuff on the tasting, and mm-hmm. I think our problem was that we didn't go all
2: across.
0: Yeah, we should. If we went back, we would just do the sushi. Gotcha. So the
1: D. What was the other one? S or D? Gaston. Got it. All right. So I'll look at that. Okay. Yeah, we really like that pretty
2: good. And we didn't get to do the tasting menu there. We just, like, sat at the bar and ordered off the menu, and that was amazing. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, to be fair, don't get me wrong, Central Central is good. However, it is
1: dropping, and Mi- Mido? Mido, I believe, is number eight. They're, they've closed. They've closed on them.
2: Wow. hmm Yeah. It's crazy. I
0: think it was 14 when we went. Yeah, it wasn't even in the top ten. <laughs> Isn't that weird how, like, I'm, and who... I mean, I know some guys are running around the world trying these restaurants out, but it is surprising. And when we're talking and the people who are listening in there, they're, you know, when we're talking about these really nice restaurants, we're talking about the best in the world, top 10 in the world. I'm telling you right now, it is not what you think when you go to Peru. And when I say that the food is incredible, but you're expecting a price book that is like absolutely astronomical. And that's not the case. Uh, It is just like going to a really fancy restaurant in your local city. Uh, and when I say that, I know that some people listening might be going to New York city. So I'm going to have to reference this a little bit differently. I think I paid $300 for two people with like four drinks. Now that is insane. I wouldn't do that here in, in Nashville, but I was in Peru. So it was like a once in a lifetime thing. Give it a shot. Try it out. What do you guys think? Would you kind of agree?
2: That's exactly why we did it.
3: Yeah. I was shocked at how little it was going to be. Like I was expecting like. Like a couple hundred per person. Yeah, because
2: like we live in the Bay Area and we're used to those crazy prices. And it was like I think ours was like a hundred dollars each when we went uh, back in twenty sixteen. It oh, was
3: geez. we had water.
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah we ordered water. Yeah. <laughs> we were, we were like four months into backpacking through South America, so we didn't have like oh like we we went back from Central. I actually I dressed up for it, but I had to like buy a dress. But I didn't bring one with me. And then I went into a department store in Lima and like put on a bunch of makeup because I didn't have any. And then I like snuck in this umbrella and like, looked all nice for a few hours? And then I like went back to my grubby backpacker hostel. And I felt like such a poser, but like that was <laughs> so worth the expense and it wasn't that big of an expense. Like, we were able to justify it.
3: I think you returned to that dress
2: the next I may have. Yeah. <laughs> I was, it was not fancy.
0: That's funny. So, all right, let's transition out of this. I want to talk about you have a post uh, a blog post and we uh, full disclosure to everyone listening so I had sent an email when I sent an email to Larry and Jer- Leah and Jeremy Larry when I sent an email to Leah and Jeremy sorry about that Leah um oh, you can just uh, me if
2: it's what's that you can just call us Leah Jeremy
0: and- all right when I sent an email to Leah Jeremy uh there was a uh, a, a Facebook post or excuse me a social excuse me a blog post. That I had read. And when I read the title, you've heard me complain about this in the podcast before. I'm not a huge fan of going to places to just take an Instagram photo. And I kind of wanted to poke fun at them in like a nice polite way. But I was greeted with a very pleasant surprise when they read the the layout of what we're gonna be talking about. And that was uh, it says there was like an Instagram, Peru, top five places. Uh, let's talk about the five most Instagram places in Peru. And their response was, we actually really don't like that blog and here's why. And they gave me this list. So I'm throwing it off to you guys. Let's talk about when you were writing it, what you were thinking, kind of like the process of like Instagram, what it was, what it is today and why you hate it today. It's a lot. So it's not actually a
2: post that we wrote. It's published on our blog. Um, It's from like three years ago. It's a guest post written by somebody who was basically looking for like a link back to their blog. Um, at the time I was a pretty new blogger and I was just kind of like excited that somebody wanted to post on our blog and I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, and didn't think much of it. And now like, you know, three years in, I'm much older I'm much wiser and I have a lot of complex feelings about it because I don't like, I don't want to encourage people to go to a destination just to get the shot, like just to take the picture, cross it off a list, post it on social media. so Everybody feels jealous. Like to me, those are not good goals of travel. Um, and I don't like that. that That's what a lot of people feel like obligated to do or pressured to do when they're scrolling through Instagram. I never want our Instagram to make anybody feel like they're not living up to their best life or like, I don't want anybody to feel bad. I want to be relatable rather than, you know, like influence or aspirational or whatever. So I do kind of regret that
0: post. I don't think, honestly,
2: I'm like really curious how you found it. I don't think anybody's looked
0: at it in three years. I have <laughs> kind of forgotten. So yeah, I, not our best. I mean, like, so l- talking about that, there's just so much there to process. So when you talk about that, you don't when when you're talking about being in the moment, sort of like that's kind of what I'm hearing at least, right? It's like being in the moment, not be thinking about a social media post.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, it's kind of, and and Jeremy, you, you, you teach, uh, from what I understand, you teach like digital media. So I'm assuming that incorporates like photos and video and it, the kind of the aspect that I had doing film work full time when I would travel someplace, I was constantly having a camera with me and I felt like I was living my vacation through my camera lens and that started to bother me. And so I stopped bringing my camera to film. And in fact, doing the anchor trail for the first time I filmed it and it was, it was like, it just wasn't the same. Like and that we're going back in June to do the Inca Trail again and all I'm there is to do is take photos. We have a film team, like I'm I'm sitting back just taking photos and, and trying to enjoy the moment for the first time. Well, I mean, is that kind of how you feel too or
3: I think I used to feel like that. I used to feel as though like work travel and like vacation travel were separate, but I've tried to find a balance where it's like, we'll go to a destination and all will know like the big shots there, but I'm also like completely okay, just going on on our own and finding new things. And for me, I don't want to endanger the wildlife just to get the shot. So like sure. we, you know, you hear about like people doing rainbow mountain, the rainbow mountain Trek cause they want that shot. And now it's overrun and there's a bunch of, you know, the erosion's really bad on it. And so we don't want to promote like unethical social media use.
2: Right. I mean I think that there's a lot of like things that photography can teach you. Like I didn't do photography before I started travel blogging and I didn't actually use Instagram at all. Um and that was something that I had to learn just when I became a blogger. And I found that photography has opened my eyes in a lot of ways. Like I've discovered places I never would have thought out. I go down cute little alleys more, I look at more details, that I notice more things. Sure, yeah. That's fair. And I post for a photo and I'm just staring off into the distance for, you know, five minutes while Jeremy's getting a shot. And I, that's a really enjoyable little mindful exercise for me. So that's really enjoyable, but what I don't want is for the people consuming our content to feel like they need to do that too. Like for us, it's a job that we're being paid to do. If you're a regular person and you're not really enjoying yourself when you're taking those photos and it's just for the purpose of like showing your friends back home, I think that's a really harmful mindset that I, that I would like to discourage
3: it's yeah. the idea of like, not just to check something off of a bucket list or I'm getting the shot because this is like a gorgeous place that I'm lucky enough to be in. And the mm-hmm. of,
2: I yeah. If that photo is, is truly for you to remember this moment and share it with your loved ones, I think that's fantastic. But if it's like to get as many likes as possible from people that you don't personally know or care about, then. To me then if it's not your job why are you doing it you so, know
0: what I mean? that, that's interesting too because i find the most beauty and i don't know about you guys but like quite frankly i my biggest highlights in life aren't machu picchu the you know they're not uh they're not these like pivotal monuments and when i say that like the big touristy places i hated rainbow mountain like and everyone knows i couldn't stand it and i won't go back unless I don't know someone friend or someone I'm dating or whatever is like just hell bent on going. I'm not going. Um, so when I, my most beautiful places, the things that I love the most were, I mean, this is dumb. Like I was in Val Thoren's France snowboarding one time and I fell and I sat on the snow and it was right after I got a big time lapse. I remember overlooking the mountains and sitting there with a, a buddy, Renee, And, uh, I like grabbed the snow as dumb as this is. And I looked at it and I was like, no one in the world is going to be able to experience this moment at this exact time that I'm experiencing right now. Like I am right now, which I guess in theory could be said for something like Machu Picchu, the way you're looking at it, but there's thousands and thousands of people there and being on that mountain, just taking that moment to like, look at everything was like really special for me. And it's those types of moments where I guess like I take home the beauty and there's a ton of moments like that. When we take the photo of the girl on a the extreme Inca tour that we did. Uh, do you remember the, the old lady who was like, Yeah, take my photo and then tell everyone else that that's on the trail to come back and see me and buy candy from me? Aww. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but I think I can I can definitely relate to a lot of that. Um, well, good. If you guys learned anything today, stop going, please, just take a damn Instagram photo. <laughs> damn kids these days. You gotta put my foot in your I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> Kev came up to me the other day. He's like, hey, man, I want to go downtown Nashville. I was like, why? He's like, I want to go to the Batman building and take a photo next to
1: it. <laughs> that did not happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Kentucky, do the bourbon trail, just so I can take a photo next to it. Like, you ever see, like, people on Instagram, they want to just, like, take photos just to take photos? Like, tastes like Christmas, and it's a glass of alcohol. I'm like, shut up. It did not taste like, cr- you can't taste
1: Christmas. When's the last time I posted on Instagram? I right? know, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's that, guys?
2: What? That pop up where it's just like take a picture in a series of rooms that are nothing like Boom. real life. Anyway, you yeah. know, like the we <laughs> have It's just for Instagram. And it's-
1: we should do that. We should make a little like canvas of Machu Picchu and then just put people in front of no, it and th- take pictures. Th- what
0: she's talking about <laughs> is like I like I don't they have like kind of bars in Nashville, like kinda do it, but it's like for drinking and like having a good time and actually a bar like HQ does it, barcade or beer kid. Sure. It's awesome. And it's actually super cool. It did the uh Stranger Things thing as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, But uh-huh. but here's the thing like it's when they there's like legitimately a place when I was uh hanging out with uh um that really wealthy lady um she went to LA to go to this damn Instagram stupid thing over the holidays last year and i was mind blown that like they invented something just for Instagram an event to take damn photos i actually don't have any idea what this is do um, you pay people pay money to go to this damn thing right do you know a little bit more about it this is this is seriously insane yeah it's like
2: so like for one was like the color museum and it was just like you walk into one room and it would be like full of bright yellow balls and you would just like take some pictures with some bright yellow balls. And that was the whole point of the room. Just take a picture. Yeah. And you go to the
3: next. It's like a $50 ticket and it's not even like a museum experience where you're like walking through, they call it like the museum of color, but it's really like you're in line and they're like, okay, here's your pose, Here are your options. Here are the hashtags that we'd like, like you to use.
2: But you don't learn anything. It's like you're playing to like advertise for a fake museum and like from a content creator perspective, I can see like if you need some color on your feed, that might be useful, but for every single other person in the world, like what is the value, you're not doing anything, you're just standing in a room that's meant to look cool on Instagram. That I don't sucks. know, I didn't it.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, everybody's got their thing, whatever. I do need some new Instagram photos, so it's been like six months. <laughs> right? Um, there's something else too that I was just thinking of that it's, it's crazy how Instagram has definitely adapted and changed a lot of things. I, oh yeah. Uh, the other day I sent an article over to Kevin. It was a, uh, a banana on a duct tape to a wall, hundred thousand uh, dollar paint or a hundred thousand dollar piece of art. And uh, an art. Yeah. It was, I'm pretty sure it's a hundred thousand uh, dollars. We can fact check it later, but it was a, it was a banana duct tape to a wall, white wall and an artist came up <laughs> And he ripped off the duct tape and ate the banana, and they, they were they're calling security. And he's like, "What? This is art too. This is art and act. Like I'm eating oh this God. banana." So check it out. They replaced the banana. <laughs> so what? Like, oh it's the dumbest damn thing. <laughs> oh we man. A, there was a there was a there was an
3: exhibit from Yoko Ono in the New York MoMA. Where she just watched an Apple routing and then she would show up from time
2: to time and replace the Apple. Remember that? Oh, wow. Yeah, a long time ago. That's yeah, crazy. I mean, listen, huh? people's money pulling stunts like that, more power to you.
0: Yeah, that's nuts, though.
2: But everybody that's like taking notes on it and just thinks it's genius, I side-eye.
0: It's crazy. Um, well, the moment of the hour. Are you guys ready for this? This is the, this is the moment of how we found. Practical Wonderlust and Laramie. So the thing is, is that we've talked a lot on the podcast of what to do, how to prepare, how to get ready for the Inca Trail. Well, we have firsthand experiencers that are here. One's from Kentucky, one's from the West Coast. They're gonna break it down. There, there, there's no similarities between these two people. The only similar thing right now is that they're married. They're gonna break down (laughs) what happened on their anchor trail experience. And this is a real treat. I'm excited to hear about it and I'm excited. Hopefully you have tips and tricks of what to do. Anytime any of these listeners go on the anchor trail. Um, Yeah. Well. I, <laughs> that was a reluctant sigh. Did you hear this? Like, yeah, damn about that.
2: I not want to take advice from us after we hear what happened. I don't know. I, mean, I think you're to do everything that we did not Yes, just do yeah, <laughs> the opposite. So we did not successfully hiked the Inca Trail. Um, we successfully hiked one day of the Inca Trail, and then we had to turn around and hike back. Um, so our, our story is more sort of failing to hike the Inca Trail.
0: Well, what happened? Like, what... I mean, I've never heard of anybody actually failing, too, so that's why I'm curious, like, what, what was going on.
2: Great. Was good.
0: Sorry, um, sorry. <laughs> My bad. I could see like, come across rude.
3: <laughs> well, the there was like a bunch of omens that we had that we basically ignored or argued against. The first one.
2: Well, let me set the scene. So at this point, we're four months into hike. To, sorry, we're four months into our honeymoon. So we're on our year long honeymoon, and we're like young, spry, strappy, 20 something year olds. Um, we had been training for our honeymoon because we planned to do all of these hikes. We were going to kind of work up to the W check in Patagonia. So we're living in California, we're going hiking every single weekend, and I'm like on the Stairmaster every day, and I'm just like, yeah, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be super fit, right? Four months in, we had just spent a month and a half traveling through Peru. We'd spent a month in Ecuador, we'd spent a month in Colombia, and we had a total of two hikes under our belt in that entire uh, four months. Well so we prepared,
3: well prepared. And none of them were really intense hikes.
2: Well, the Quilotoa Loop in Ecuador was an intense hike, but we also yeah. did not manage to successfully hike that one.
3: Oh, I did Lago 59 in...
2: Yeah, and I had altitude yeah. sickness. So basically nothing. <laughs> so we were very out of shape at this point.
3: And we were in Cusco because they, like, asked you to be there early, and we were just sort of hanging out at the hostel eating burgers and fries, as you do when you're preparing for a photo <laughs> trek. And the first omen was... the. The night before we like put in a load of laundry and I had like these like trekking pants from Prana that were like hiking pants. And the they best lost. hiking pants.
2: Yeah, those, those, are, are, good, those pants.
1: are good hiking pants, I like those. And they lost.
2: Yeah, we had, we had lost zero pieces of clothing oh, no. on our entire honeymoon. we have been doing crops laundry the whole time. And inexplicably, Jeremy's hiking pants come in and I was like, this is a sign. And I, I told him, I was like, listen, if we just cut our losses now, because I have a feeling, and I was like, if we just don't show up to the briefing tomorrow, all we do is we lose $400, we walk away, nothing ever happens. Nobody has to know. And I had
3: this whole, like, <laughs> he,
2: he, like, I stood am. on his chair. He, like, had tears in his eyes. He was like, but what if we make it, and it's the most amazing achievement of our lives? And I was like, ah, fuck. Uh, I just married this guy.
3: <laughs> Only the second half of that is true. But um, we went to the briefing, and there was a couple that just, they were late and they ran in and they were like, sorry, we're late. We just got done doing the rainbow mountain trek. And we oh were like, God.
2: just looking around the room at all of these, it was like all fit couples. Every, every single person was a couple and they were all fitter than we were. And they had all just flown in except for this one couple that had hiked in off of, I don't know. Somebody had just done like, um, like Kilimanjaro the week before or something like these were the it was like walking into like a CrossFit gym except for you're like <laughs> holding a donut in sweat that's we were so much people it was bad that's so, funny so they give us we, we just decided to go with alpaca expeditions um, a real quick right,
0: I gotta I gotta interrupt hold on mm-hmm. first off I definitely do CrossFit, and I definitely walk in the gym with a donut and a milkshake, no problem, and no questions asked.
2: Well, if you're, like, really fit, and you're just like, if it's my macros, it's fine. But if you're, like, not even fitting into your, like, hiking pants anymore.
0: I legit, I just, I legit like, go in White Castle in the morning, and I will eat White Castle in front of everybody.
3: <laughs> I felt like you was showing up for Tough Mudder. Is mm-hmm. like what I was sure,
0: doing. sure, That's- sure. That's funny.
2: So we decided to go with Alpac Expeditions, and the way that they do their tracks, we sort of front-load it. So you're doing your two hardest days are the first two days, and then you kind of have an easier time on the third day, and then by the fourth day, you're almost all the way there so that you're one of the first people in line for the Sun Gate, which is great and sounded really awesome um, in theory to us. What we didn't realize was how difficult those first two days were. I mean, it was like, it felt like we were running the entire time. Um, So we started hiking and we quickly fell behind, like very quickly. Everybody else had a much faster speed than we did. And they had a guide, you know, back with us, but it was like an hour behind. Like they all had lunch. They set up lunch, had this beautiful, well-cooked meal. We showed up huffing and puffing and like ate a few bites of like cold lunch. And then everybody was like, okay, let's keep going. Bye. And that was (laughs) was another element.
0: That's crazy. That, I mean, that's, that's unfortunate too, just cause I mean, to be fair, that's, I feel like there's a lot of companies, right. They just kind of rush, 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 rush. But <clears throat> I mean, I think,
2: I think if you're up, if you kind of know what you're getting into, um, I don't think that we necessarily had wrapped our head around that uh, as much as we maybe should have.
3: And we, this happens to us back home too. Cause we told the guy, we were like, Hey man, we are really slow cool hikers. And I think people want to like, Make it feel better, and they're like, Oh, I'm a slow guy, I'm a slow guy too. Um, but it happens with us, even at our friends, and we're like, No, when you say slow, I mean like, law trying to do the Inca trail.
2: Like, when we were going on hikes in South America, we would look at how long everybody else said it would take, and we would multiply it by two. And that was typically a good, like, measurement for us. We we're just very slow. Like, we'll get there eventually, but we're gonna be very slow at it.
0: Yeah, that's all right, so too. Got, I mean, that's usually that, I mean, that, that should be all right. Rather like, uh, it sucks yeah. because you, you decided at some point throughout this journey that you wanted to stop. And I, like, I empathize with it. I really hope that in the future, if you take a second option and you want to try it again, if that is in the cards, I'd, I'd challenge you to come with us just to be able to, whether it's, we're there with you or whatever, just to be able to, to actually experience it. I don't care if it takes longer just cause it is a beautiful experience, but
2: yeah, in hindsight, I think a five or six day uh, yeah. version of the trek would have been a better fit for us. Um so maybe we'll, we'll take take you up on that at some point. We need to get back in the shape first. though so.
3: <laughs> when, we, when we finally made it to camp, they were the guide was really like trying to let us down easy, and he was like, "So we we did the math, and tomorrow you're gonna have to start hiking at four a.m. and you'll be hiking until eight p.m. and this was the Dead Woman's Pathway." Um, so he wanted us to hike for 16 hours and he was like, and well, then
2: hopefully you'll get can camp right you. Cause we can't just like leave us, you know, h- hanging around on our own in the dark. And so basically they were like, you can either do that or you can turn around, hike back, take a train and meet us in Machu Picchu. And I gave Jeremy like the most knowing wisely look that any wife has ever given her husband. And I probably said, I told you so like 20 times because so I'm not subtle.
0: Um, and we decided to hike back, man. That makes me sad. That makes me really sad. Actually. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, does, does it bump? I mean like, yeah, I mean, wow. What sucks about it too, is that we feel, I feel like we were up at 4am every freaking morning on the ink trail. Like that was not a, that was a non-negotiable.
1: Yeah. I'm. Yeah. yeah. I'm
0: pretty sure we were up at 4am every single morning. Like there was a, like we were waking up with tea. I don't know. It's it's a, it's a pretty shitty, <clears throat> shitty thing. Um,
2: everybody else is just going so much faster than us. I think if there were other people that were slower, then maybe they could have adjusted the whole pace. But It was literally every other person on our group was very, you, like very capable.
3: You,
0: the problem pace. is though, is like you're talking about, you're talking about these kids that are young or they're, they're fit, they're CrossFitters. I do CrossFit, but just cause you're a CrossFitter does not mean you're like in immaculate shape. When we were on the Inca trail, we had people who were 60. We had kids that were 12. We had, I mean, there was all ranges. Now, granted, Kevin and I were definitely at the front. I'm freaking pissed about that because I was miserable and I had a 45 pound pack of film equipment on my back. But <clears throat> minus that, I mean, at one point I think I passed a, Ch- uh, a Porter and Chosky. It's pretty proud of my moment
1: there. Well, right the 12 the year old was ahead of us the whole time. Yeah,
0: it was. But
1: point is, is that
0: like there were all different walks of life. I mean, this is and that's what's to be expected. And there was definitely moments where we had lunches where people came in right when we were done and we took off. Uh, but David sat in the back. I mean, this guy like you gotta have patience. You gotta and like and literally, correct me if I'm wrong, but every single time that people slowed down, David's response was, "Ah, it's okay,
1: relax. You're on vacation. Yeah, exactly, You're on vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Enjoy it. Look at the view. It's so beautiful." Yeah, I mean, people came in later for lunch, but then you know they got an opportunity to to relax and have their lunch, and mm-hmm. yeah, and then David played away from it.
2: I don't think it was like, it wasn't anybody's fault, right? Like our, the guys were hiking back with us. They were saving the lunch with us. It just wasn't, sure. it was a mental thing, right? Like in our heads, we, we felt guilty that everybody had to wait for us. We felt, you know, incapable. We were kind of just in our heads about the whole thing. And when they gave us an out, we took it because we knew that it was going to be really, really hard. And I think that a lot of hiking a difficult hike is just, deciding that you're going to finish. Um, and we were not convinced,
3: I think. Yeah, there's that, that moment where you're in the groove and you're like, I know that I have, like, X amount of miles and I'm going to do it because I'm already, like, getting that. But the whole day, it, was, it just felt like, it was, like, an uphill battle, like, physically, but also, like, emotionally because we see the side eye of a person coming in late to lunch. Not a, like,
2: from the other, like, not from the, the not guys. Not from the guys, From the other
3: guests. Um, we and- were. We
2: didn't know them. We didn't get to chat with them. It was just a different experience. And not not like they were all getting to know each other, and actually, so we ended up we did hike back. We took the train to Zambo, We hung out there for a couple of nights. We put our guy, our guy came back with us, and we put him up in like the cheapest, shittiest possible we could find, um, which I felt bad for him, but that was what I could afford. And then we met up with everybody at Machu Picchu, and we just literally like bonded so much this group two of them had like one guy had proposed to his girlfriend and like everybody had like this lifelong connection they were all like exchanging numbers and like passing around the phone to each other on facebook
3: and then the phone got to us and it just like had that awkward like oh
2: they didn't even uh, know our name yeah damn it was just it was, we were so not a part of that, that group. And so it kind of ruined our experience because instead of feeling this pilgrimage that we had just accomplished something incredible and made it to Machu Picchu, we just felt like shitty failures that were out of our element. It We,
0: didn't, uh, we well, spent
2: think... so much money because not only did we have to like give up our entire fee that we, you know, because they had to prepare all of our food and. Pay the porters and everything, so it's fair that we had to pay for it. But then we also had to put up our guide for two days. We had two days of extra food and water. Jesus. and it was expensive, and everybody else, like you know, we had jobs back home, and we were like backpacking, and so it just like really soured the whole experience. And I think if I were to go back and do Machu Picchu, I would have to hike it again because I want to have that magical pilgrimage feeling. Because um, I know what it's like to not have it, and it's. It's definitely not as exciting.
0: That sucks. I'm giving you a virtual hug right now. Like, I, I feel for y'all. That's, 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 that, the fact that you are like,
1: you talked about it in the way you did is just like, Oh,
0: that sucks.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. We can, we can, uh, get you on like the five day, yeah. six day, <laughs> six day option. If, I, if that's I what think, the um, you need, yeah, we'll make it happen. I think I read one of you had like a, a knee injury or something too though, or, or no.
3: I was nursing a. uh, like
2: a bad knee. Yeah, because you had gotten injured on the Kilometer Loop. That yeah. was our first multi-day Andes um, trek, and you—you you were definitely injured. But you were faster than I was. I'm just really slow.
3: Yeah. You also had just gotten over altitude It was like the—the mm-hmm, yeah. the day that we did the—the the day that we did the briefing. I think was your first day of feeling 100. Yeah. I don't
1: I mean, know. I'm not sounds sure. like just a whole combination of of yeah, things that kind of it
2: was. It was a combination of things. I think, honestly, the biggest issue was that we were just four months out of our best days of our lives, right? Like maybe if we had flown directly to Lima and started, you know, in Peru instead of starting four months earlier in Colombia and making our way down, maybe we could have done it. But even then, our hiking training had all been in California where there are no altitude challenges. The terrain is very easy and very pleasant, and it's just not that difficult. So the training isn't necessarily what we needed
0: we needed harder hikes and we needed to do them up until the day that we left yeah yeah that's fair no that's definitely fair it's uh yeah i think i asked kevin one time when i was uh training for like so the other another thing for people listening in just a, a small tidbit is like they're talking about hiking and like the elevation and like in they train in california look here's the story like i don't care if you work out new crossfit every single day and you're not showing up with a milkshake and a donut in your hand. I don't care if you're, you know, whatever it is, if you're really, really fit, if you don't hike and backpack, it's still hard. Like that, it's two different types of muscles that you're working and it's two different, like it's a different way of working out. Uh People who, an example of this, uh, when I was just in Germany, I did this, this hike, I consider myself a decently in shape person. I'm not like, you know, Lance Armstrong in shape, I'm not blood doping on the weekends, but I am fit enough to be able to, <laughs> Kevin's rolling his head right now, I am um, fit enough to be able to to do a hike up a, a mountain and Chris was whooping my tail, this this skinny 120 pound guy was whooping my tail at the mountain and the thing is, is he was doing it because he hikes a lot and uh, if you don't do that and you're not constantly moving and, and backpacking with weight on there when I asked Kevin, how do I train for backpacking he goes, uh, yeah, uh, backpacking and or uh, putting weights in your bag and walking with them so basically backpacking uh, we talked about Wamanu Valley, which was a, a hike in Hawaii that we did it Was my first backpacking experience. Again, I was so, I felt like I was so fit that it was about six years ago, four, five years ago, six years ago. And, uh, I was destroyed. I could barely walk to the car after the second day uh, because it was out and back. And, uh, it was, yeah, it was brutal. And even in control, I was brutally murdered. Like I didn't want to do anything the day that we got back.
1: So, so quick question for, do you guys have a, when you guys were doing it, do you have a hiking poles?
2: I do Jeremy's yeah. not that was why his knee was injured from uh, our last hike before that the Achilles in the loop. Yeah.
1: yeah, I was gonna say that or, yeah, that definitely takes a lot of weight off your knees but uh yeah yeah so yeah. yeah Well yeah
2: I mean we, we like we know what we needed to do we needed to train harder we needed to be more in shape right up until we started and it was also it was a mental thing. I didn't we didn't think that we could huge. do it because how out of shape we were. We didn't think that we could do it because we knew how out of shape we were, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you don't think that you can do it, you're not going to put in the work that it takes. I mean, we could have finished, we just didn't want to put in that crazy hard amount of work, knowing how miserable it was going to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, the mental game is always. Mental game is always a huge part of it. I feel like that's a that tends to always be the biggest challenge. So, well, <laughs> look, guys. Hopefully, everybody can learn from it. If there's any. If there was one tip you had to give anybody, what would it be? To do the Inca Trail?
2: I would say more training. Like if you can't go hiking, um, I mean you have to like you have to go hiking as much as possible. But in the meantime, stairmaster with a weighted pack and <sighs> this is an altitude mask, that's gonna help too. Um, what about you? Um,
3: I would say, you know, the the big one that people do is like the four day Inca Trail hike to Machu Picchu, but if you are, if it, you, if you're only set on hiking in Machu Picchu, there are so many other routes and times, mm-hmm. and they, like carefully, which one's best for you. Like your grandmother did the one where you like, boat and then go through the jungle, mm-hmm. right? I think
2: she hiked from Ollantaytambo, and it was like a two day.
0: Yeah,
3: so there's, there's like multiple options, not just Inca Trail, and they all have their own like offerings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We definitely push
0: Salcante a lot too, which is, I mean like the the huge problem for the, for the Inca trail is that you have to carry your gear. Like you can still get a porter, but you're carrying some stuff. Whereas like a lot of alternate trails, you can take a horse, you can, there's a lot of different things to do. So I agree with that. If you're afraid in the slightest that it might be a struggle, either a take the longer duration, uh, or hop on the, uh, the alternative routes. Or hire lots of yeah. porters. We have our groups of friends going and I literally made sure they all had damn porters. Oh, yeah, this guy who's like CrossFit regional, like I mean he's not a regional athlete, but damn if he ain't good. And I was like, You're getting getting a porter and he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna fill up my backpack with booze then. I'm like, Oh god, <laughs> great.
2: We <laughs> um, had porters. I don't know how we wouldn't have even made it on the first day if we didn't have porters. Yeah. We just had the walk. That was pretty much it. And yeah, water is really important. It definitely bring lots of water. Yeah. And I would also say something like to talk about the mental part. For me, that's a big issue because I don't look like a person who is fit. Um, I you know, it's difficult for me sometimes to walk into spaces knowing that maybe I don't I'm not quite supposed to be here, or maybe other people are thinking that I'm not quite supposed to be here. I think there's a lot to be said for seeking out representation. And I know that we were like you know, shitting on Instagram earlier, but Instagram is actually a really cool place for finding representations of people that maybe hike that you wouldn't expect them. There's like a hashtag that's unlikely hikers that I love hiking. Um, It shows all these different people of different backgrounds, different sizes and shapes, different physical abilities, hiking. And that makes me feel like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And that's that mental piece of it that is so crucial. So I, I will kind of Instagram for representation <laughs> in the outdoor space. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff that you can find on there and like, what are people doing it, which can make you feel like you can do it too.
0: Yeah. It can be used for good. Right. I mean, that's a, yeah, that's true. That's good. I think it's good, too, because, like, I always look at guys and girls. Uh That sounds weird to say look at, look at just guys, but I guess I'm into that kind of thing. Um, But, like, on Instagram, you know, there's, like, random explorer feeds, and it's always these super fit humans, and I'm like, I ain't ever going to look right? like those guys. Like, this girl's got 12-pack, and this dude looks like – and literally all I can do is sit there and think, man, I wish I looked like that. Man, you know, like, mm-hmm. I bet I wouldn't look like that yeah. if I lived somewhere else. <laughs> and it makes you think,
2: like, well – They can do something like that, but I can't. So I have tried really hard enough to sort of curate my Instagram feed when I scroll through. So I'm following like fat girls hiking, like unlikely hikers, like fat girls traveling. There's all these really cool, like body positive um, fitness Instagram feeds. And they make me feel like, okay, like we're in this together. We can all be badass and we don't have to look like these like Instagram, you know, goddesses that are just made out of ass.
0: I feel like everyone. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone's got their own insecurities, and it's just uh, to be able to use and leverage
1: social media in a positive way to be able to get through some of those is actually pretty awesome. It's kind of like, uh, uh, like you know, I follow some of like the workout stuff for uh, like CrossFit on Instagram, but then I also follow the. uh, Have you heard of the that big guy seven hundred? No on, uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. You told me about this guy. Yeah, he like lost a bunch of weight, right? He's working on it. Yeah. It's it's super cool. Like it's, I, I follow him cause I, I want to, you know, follow his progress and he's, he's killing it. He's down like, it's awesome. 250 pounds. It's really cool. That's super, super cool. motivating. Just doing diet, yeah. diet and exercise. Yeah. That, that's impressive. I kev, I think,
0: uh, my initial reaction when I heard that was like, like, what would, does that inspire you to like want to lose? weight, but you could eat like cookies every single day and you drop poundage. You're one of those assholes. <sighs> I was walking the house. I'm like, Kev, I need to lose weight. And he's like, no, you don't. You're fine. And meanwhile, he's crunching down today French onions with ranch on them. That was, his de- that was his dinner. French onions with ranch. French onions with ranch. And he's like, just super cut. He c- continues to be cut. It's frustrating as all hell. <laughs> Cool. Well, either way, you guys have been awesome to talk to. We got to do a follow up one of these, if possible, in the future. Get you back to Peru. Um, you know, definitely yeah. keep in touch. And uh, everyone, this has been Practical Wonderless. They have a new podcast coming out called the Practical Wonderlust Podcast, and they've been all over the world, so you're gonna hear stories from everywhere. And then on top of that, they're the typical. It, from what it sounds like, I mean, you're talking about a teacher, okay? We're not talking about somebody who is a lawyer or a, a doctor or some corporate person that's got a ton of money and clearly the other thing that I've heard today and hopefully you've heard it too is they're freaking normal people they're not some crazy you know super fit astro I mean I was gonna say you're not super good looking y'all are good looking but you know what I'm saying like the the whole like concept of fake it's real it's real people traveling the world doing real things and you guys can listen to that see it and hear it would you guys agree
2: yeah yeah that's our that's our whole thing we're just regular people
0: badly traveling to badly oh that the horrible experiences (laughs) i can't wait to hear some of these cool well uh i'm definitely gonna listen to it i wish you guys the best of luck on your travels and your podcast please keep in touch and uh thank you guys so much for hopping on
3: thanks for having us thank you
0: all right everyone you're listening to the peru travel podcast make sure to check out that facebook group Peru tips for travelers. If you have any questions on your Peru travel, kachilife.com. I'm David Kozlowski. Kevin, bro. All right, we'll see you later. Happy travels.